1: Hello there, folks, and thank you for listening to the show. I'm Joanna. I'm Nate, and this is Stranger Than. We have stuff to tell you today, don't we, Joanna? We sure do. We, most times, when we go about this whole recording thing, have stuff to, you know, tell you guys. It's just, you know. It's what we do. It's what we do. It's what we do. Oh, uh, What would you, what do you have to tell us today, Joanna?
0: I'm still gonna stick with my, um... Terrible Things That Happen While Camping theme, so oh, I've got another unsolved camping like massacre story. Oh,
1: lovely, lovely. Well, uh, <laughs> why don't I start us off on a little bit more of a light-hearted note? Not uh, ready I to guess. get
0: dark just yet? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, this is
1: only has to do with explosions. All right. Um, <clears throat> this happened earlier this month. This is an NPR.org article. From July 6th of 2022, a Georgia monument, seen by some as satanic, was damaged from a pre-dawn explosion. A rural Georgia monument that some conservative Christians criticized as satanic and others dubbed America's Stonehenge was demolished Wednesday after a pre-dawn bombing turned one of its four granite panels into rubble. The georgia guidestones monument near elberton was damaged by an explosive device the georgia bureau of investigation said and later knocked down for safety reasons leaving a pile of rubble in a picture that investigators published surveillance footage shows a sharp explosion blowing one panel to rubble just after 4 a.m investigators also released a video of a silver sedan leaving the monument after prior vandalism video cameras connected to the country's emergency dispatch center, were stationed at the site, said Elbert Granite Association Executive Vice President Chris Kubis. The enigmatic roadside attraction was built in 1980 from local granite commissioned by an unknown person or a group under the pseudonym R.C. Christian. That's given the Guidestones a sort of shroud of mystery around them, because the identity and intent of the individuals who commissioned them is unknown said Katie McCarthy, who researches conspiracy theories for the Anti-Defamation League. And so that has helped over the years to fuel a lot of speculation and conspiracy theories about the Guidestones' true intent. The 16-foot, 5-meter high, panels bore a 10-part message in eight different languages with guidance for living in an age of reason. One part called for keeping world population at 500 million or below while another calls to guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. It also served as a sundial and astronomical calendar, but it was the panel's mention of eugenics, population control, and global government that made them a target of far-right conspiracists. The monument's notoriety took off with the rise of the internet, Cuba said, until it became a roadside tourist attraction, with thousands visiting each year. The site received renewed attention during George's May 24th gubernatorial primary when third-place Republican candidate Candace Taylor claimed the Guidestones are satanic and made demolishing them part of her platform. Comedian John Oliver featured the Guidestones and Taylor in a segment in late May. McCarthy said right-wing personalities, including Alex Jones, had talked about them in previous years, but that they sort of came back into the public radar because of Taylor. God is God all by himself. He can do anything he wants to do, Taylor wrote on social media Wednesday. That includes striking down satanic guidestones. The monument had previously been vandalized, including when it was spray-painted in 2008 and 2014, McCarthy said. She said the bombing is another example of how conspiracy theories do and can have real-world impact. We've seen this with QAnon and multiple other conspiracy theories that these ideas can lead to somebody to try and take action and furtherance of these beliefs, McCarthy said. They can attempt to try and target the people and institutes that are in fact the center of these false beliefs. Kubis and many other people interpreted the stones as some sort of guide to rebuild society after an apocalypse. It's up to your own interpretation as to how you want to view them, Kubis said. The site is about 7 miles, 11 kilometers, north of Elberton and about 90 miles, 140 kilometers, east of Atlanta near the South Carolina state line. Granite quarrying is a top local industry, employing about 2,000 in the area, Cuba said. Elbert County Sheriff's deputies, Elberton Police, and the Georgia Bureau of Investigations are among agencies trying to figure out what happened. Bomb squad technicians were called out to look for evidence, and a state highway that runs near the site was closed for a time. No suspects were identified. Kuba said local officials and community leaders will have to decide who, if anyone, pays for restoration. If you didn't like it, you didn't have to come see it and read it, Kuba said. But unfortunately, someone decided they didn't want anyone to read it. So there's more than just like those two things. There's 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 a bunch of different things, and it's really strange because. They just fucking showed up. Like Mm -hmm. They just showed up. No one knows why, where, how. They just showed up. And you can't, because of, like, all the quarrying in the area and all the people working there, it's not, it wasn't possible to fucking find out anything from anybody. And it's just, like, it could have come from anywhere in the area.
0: Well, clearly it came from Satan, and that's why it had to be destroyed. Well, (laughs) clearly
1: it came from Satan, yeah. I mean, that's Oh, what the fucking fuck? It's actually too bad. I heard about these things, um... I don't know, probably three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's, it's a fascinating thing. Maybe, I'll, maybe I'll, I'll tell us about it sometime. Yeah. But they're weird things, and it sucks that they're gone. It sucks that, and it's really strange, like, okay, one broke, so we're going to demolish all of them? Because I'm pretty sure that's what I heard or what, what I read. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not clear if they just demolished the one that had been blown up or if they just fucking knocked the whole goddamn thing down.
0: Yeah, Uh, like, if there's anything left, Yeah, it's unfortunate, because, I mean,
1: yes, it would... I mean, I'd have to go all the way across the country, but I would have liked to see them in person, you know?
0: Me too, yeah.
1: Yeah, you're a lot closer than I am.
0: I am, I am, and now... But, I mean, now 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 it doesn't fucking matter, because some
1: jackass blew it up, so...
0: Dude, some jackass Christian zealot fucking blew it up.
1: Probably, probably some fucking right wing ass christian zealot fuck that was just like i don't know about stuff and women blew it up
0: <laughs> this so. year came from satan and uh yeah it Damn must you, be destroyed. <laughs> i really want to see the john oliver uh clip oh, on yeah. it now i fucking love john oliver so much he is the actual best
1: yeah he's pretty um, funny
0: yeah <laughs> yeah he's great He's great. And I can't believe Candace Taylor, uh, was that Candace Taylor? Yes. That's like part of her, that was part of her platform was that she was going to have it destroyed.
1: She spells her first name K-A-N-D-I-S-S. Huh. You know, there's someone running for office around here whose first name is Cherise, but it's spelled C-H-E-R-E-S-E? Mm-hmm. And so every single time I see the fucking name, I think it says cheese, because if you take <laughs> out the R, it's just cheese. It is. And then her last name is, I can't remember what it is, but it's something that sounds like it's a cheese. And I'm like, oh, a cheese bourgeois or some fucking shit. It uh, makes you
0: like hungry and shit every time you... Uh... Uh,
1: not necessarily. I just think of cheese, which is fine because I you know, think of cheese with a relative frequency. Mhm. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just weird. I
0: don't know. My stomach's starting to, like, you know, like, hey, you haven't put anything in there in a while, Joanna. Some it, cheese sounds po- po- excellent.
1: Some, you can put some cheese in you when we're done.
0: I know. I will. I will probably go and have myself some cheese. Earlier today, I was uh, passed around. I was doing the, the care card at the hospital. You were passed around? Damn. I got passed around. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, nothing that salacious. I was uh, passing around. I was passing out snacks from the care cart at the hospital, where it's like a bunch. of Like they twice a week, they load up this cart with a bunch of free snacks for the employees. Oh, now I get to take it around. And you, the were the, you were the you were
1: the snack fairy. Uh uh-huh,
0: I am the snack fairy. Yes, twice a week. I am the snack fairy, and it's great because people are always excited for snacks. And I looked down, they had, like, little, uh, nutter, they had Nutter Butters, and it was Nutter <laughs> Nutter Butter Bites is what it said. But, like, I only saw, like, the B-I-T. Bite. and Bites. Uh, and then the, the bottom of the E that kind of looked like a C and, like, the S. And, and I was, for a second, I was convinced that it said Nutter Butter Bitches.
1: Hey. Which
0: would be pretty cool if it said that. But it's weird. I feel like as I get older, I misread things, like, a lot. Like, you know, I think a word is something different when I'm first reading it, and I have to be like, wait, what? And, like, go back, and well, like, oh, no, it's actually this word. But, yeah, just, like, I don't know. You've
1: seen that thing, probably, like, that meme where it says that you really only need to have, like, the first and the last letter of a word to get it. Yeah. And so maybe it's something like that.
0: Maybe we just, like, look at those as, more as we get as older. As you get older, like,
1: you learn more words, and so some words look similar, and so you just sort of fucking TLDR it, you know?
0: Yeah. It, it could be. Could be, because, I mean, there's been some, like, Facebook posts where for a second I'm like, wait, what did you just fucking say? And I'm like, like, oh, this wait, never mind. Fucked that's fucked up. Yeah. I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> right? And then I'm like, oh, wait, never mind. That's not what I thought it was at all. <laughs> Well, that's too bad. That's too bad that uh somebody just came and fucking blew it up. I mean, that's I know. just it's kind of upsetting. I mean, it's upsetting in many ways, but just it just kind of speaks to the um to, to what's going on these days, like the uh atmosphere
1: is just the it's just destruction all... of information because people think the information is dangerous.
0: Uh-huh. I'm just and It's
1: because we're not taught from a young age, critical thinking. You're taught to follow the fucking crowd. Mm-hmm. And if we were instead taught to ask why and not just be fucking jackasses, then we could be trusted to think for ourselves. But we're simply not taught to do that
0: yeah i just i just wonder what Everman's they thought it was that like satan actually put those rocks there who fucking
1: knows you know these these there are very many people and i'm sure not all christians but there are are a a lot of christians who don't actually know what the fuck they believe i know they don't know what their religion actually says they just sort of like believe it on the go just like oh i don't know it sounds like it's christian so here we are or or what what they're what they're told by whoever the fuck it's it's absolutely ridiculous because there's a lot of things in there that they just don't listen to like they're like you know what sucks all these homosexuals and you know why because the bible says that homosexuality is bad well, you know what, motherfucker? It says that eating shrimp is punishable by death more times than it says anything about gay people at all. Right. So, uh, put that and guess what? Mixed fabrics? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a fucking yeah, sin. Yeah, Moses was, like, very much against that in Leviticus. Yep. Like, Yep. Yeah. And so,
1: um, why are those okay suddenly? But, oh, God, I don't like gay people. It's like, well, fuck you. I mean, fuck you for being stupid. You Mm -hmm. gotta believe, if one part of it is true, then it's all gotta be true. But if you just pick and choose, then you're not following your book. You're just being a jackass. You're just using (laughs) thousands of year old writings to be a dick.
0: Like, yeah, and awesome. some. I mean, it's just I don't know. There's just not a whole lot of rhyme or reason to it, uh, other than it's just uh, it's weird. I mean, I know some uh, out here in the Bible Belt. Let me tell you, there's a lot of things that are like interpreted as satanic. You know, just certain things on T-shirts and like bands and stuff. It's like, oh, that's you know, Satan. It's full of Satan right there. It's like, yeah. are you, do you even know what's like, full of
1: Satan? Because yeah. The whole thing about you know, the adversary is that he's fucking cunning as shit. So the chances of you seeing something and deeming it as satanic is probably not even the thing that is quote-unquote satanic. Probably right. like Wonder Bread is because of like some <laughs> sneaky shit, but not uh, Ozzy Osbourne, you know? right? It's right. like, come on.
0: It's like Satan wouldn't be that obvious, come on. <laughs> no, he's a, he's a cunning-ass
1: motherfucker. Right. Except that, you know just a fucking fairy tale
0: yeah i just it's just i i really just don't want to i mean this is just like one more thing some fucking guy like actually like built a bomb and blew this fucking thing up because he was so convinced it was like evil or something and i just like can we just not live in like a dystopian future you know can they just like not
1: can this please be like not the 1500s part two?
0: Right, yeah. That would be, like, super awesome if we could just, boogaloo. like, you know, make a U-turn uh, to, like, where we are heading right now and just fucking stop it, for fuck's sake. Yeah.
1: Reason is pretty reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> As it turns out. Ah, uh, All right. Well, tell us about some horrific unsolved murder that Ugh, is in the camping yeah. lands.
0: Yeah, this is this is a bad one. This is a bad one. Well, they're all bad, you know. True. Nothing about murder is good ever. Well, especially when you're like, uh, well, most mostly okay. Especially when you're just a, a nice family out there on an impromptu, an impromptu camping trip, no less. Oof. Yes. So, this is the story of Richard Belinda, David, and Melissa Cowden, and they were murdered on or around September 1st, 1974, in the Siskiyou Mountains near Carberry Creek, Copper,
1: Oregon. Is there some sort of, like, snappy title they have to these murders, or, like...
0: Uh, no.
1: No? No, there's... like, a lot of them have, like, some, some thing, but they're just like, no, it's just... The murder of these four people?
0: Yeah, just basically okay. like these these people were massacred at this place. So Richard Cowden, age 28, his wife Belinda, age 22, and their children, David, who was five, and Melissa, who was five months. They went camping um, On Labor Day weekend uh, September late August to first of September 1974 over the Labor Day weekend they also brought their uh, hound their like basset hound droopy went along with them they lived in White City Oregon where Richard worked as a logging truck driver And real quick, before I get too much more into the story, because I like to do this, uh, I forgot to cite my sources, and then I feel like a piece of shit. (laughs) The sources for this story are mysteriousuniverse.org, strangeoutdoors.com, murderpedia.org, and wikipedia.org.
1: The Cowden Family Murders. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. I knew there was going to be a snappy name.
0: <laughs> like I said, it was an impromptu camping trip because they Richard was actually going to be doing some uh, work around the house. He had planned to have a load of gravel dropped off for his driveway and, you know, spend the weekend dealing with that, but instead yeah, the... That sounds uh, like a
1: fucking blast.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't you want to, like, get a bunch of gravel dumped in your house in your driveway and like spend the weekend spreading that all around
1: i've been doing that basically thing with with bark except (sighs) we just buy it in bags for the past little while and let me tell you it's a lot of fun
0: Yeah, it sounds
1: like it. My front yard looks pretty nice, though, now. I'll take a picture and send it to you.
0: Oh, yeah. I'd be uh, excited to see that. I really needed to get some... I need to do some, like, major... It's like a fucking jungle out here. Everything is exploding. I can't even, like, walk around, like, to the driver's side of the car. I have to, like, open up and go around the back... And like up the other side because the bushes have gotten so huge that they're just like I only have like half. I need a machete. Actually, I actually genuinely need a machete because (laughs) it's like a fucking jungle with all these fucking like honeysuckle vines and trees that are like weird vine trees. They're just exploding and they're taking over like my entire driveway. And we'll
1: we'll get you a machete and a Panama hat, and you can Mm. really just really
0: fight the jungle just go to town jungle hey i am pretty good with the machete i used one in nicaragua when we were hey that's true okay so i just i just need the machete and then and then i'll take it from there well the truck that was supposed to be uh, delivering the gravel ended up breaking down so they're like well fuck it let's just go camping instead So the Siskiyou Mountains are kind of, like, southwest Oregon. Um, It encompasses part of, like, the Pacific Crest Trail. Uh, They're kind of, like, the Siskiyou Mountains are kind of a a subrange of the Klamath Mountains. Okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, areas that both you and I have... Been in probably, yep. yeah, yep. definitely. I've definitely been most places in in Oregon before I moved to Kansas. That is like now.
1: It's pretty close to where you lived before. <laughs> it was pretty
0: close to where I lived before. That is correct. Now I'm going to be exploring different. I'm going to be exploring the Ozarks next week. Nice, That's yes. Lovely. So because now I'm really like close to to there. So I'll have to tell yeah. you guys all about how that goes um some of the ozarks it's going to be like southern missouri which people in kansas tell me is like everyone is like super redneck there so it's like if they're wow. like they consider like, that area because be that's like, kind of all on a sliding
1: yeah. scale isn't it
0: right so it's like okay like if you guys are like oh man have fun with the hillbillies when i say i'm gonna go to branson and then also go on I'm gonna be going down to like Sand Gap, Arkansas, to the Ozarks in the Arkansas. So
1: yeah, Arkansas.
0: Yeah, Arkansas. It's it's supposed to be beautiful, but we'll just you know see. Hey, what it's like.
1: Yep. It's uh, yeah. It's all. I guess you'll see. Yeah, but I'm yeah, I'm sure you won't have. I, I'm sure it won't be that big of a deal for you.
0: Yeah, well, I won't be like camping, so because I'll have to, you know, bring the cat along. So, so we'll be safe in a hotel. So, hopefully, there won't be any like, you know, camping massacres
1: going on. And yeah, yeah, true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well. It was the last day of camping. It was Sunday, September 1st, 1974, and Richard and his son David, they were seen at the Copper General store at around 9 a.m. buying some milk. They then left the store and headed back to their campsite, and this is the last time that anyone from the family was seen alive. Oh, good. Belinda's mother lived just a mile or so from the campground, and so they were going to come over for, they were going to, you know, spend the day camping, pack up, and then go to her house for dinner that night. Now, when they didn't show up, she went down to the campsite to see what was going on. As one does. As one does. I
1: mean, if it's close enough, you can check that shit out.
0: Mm-hmm. So she gets there and there is no sign of them anywhere. But the truck was parked there with the keys on the picnic table. Um everything seemed untouched. There was no sign of anything that was missing or uh like didn't it didn't look like anything had been disturbed or any signs of a struggle, anything like that. The truck had all their clothing in it. The only thing that was um, that was missing was their bathing suits. There was a dishpan full of cold water, unused cooking utensils laid out on the tree stump, fishing poles laid against a tree, diaper bag, camp stove set up.
1: And- like they'd unpacked to get all their shit out and like, Then just poof fucking poof disappeared.
0: Yeah, and the half-finished carton of milk was still sitting there on the table that they had bought just that morning.
1: Who takes milk camp... camping?
0: I take milk camping. Do you? Yes, I take it in the cooler. Keep it in the cooler. I like to have cereal. Ah. Sometimes you don't feel like cooking, like, bacon and eggs for breakfast and stuff, you know, and just... Bring cereal and uh, half. I I usually get like a little like half gallon in the plastic. You don't want to get like the cardboard milk containers.
1: No, that's not a good idea.
0: No, it's not. (laughs) I have learned over many camping trips, like you get the little half gallon in the um, plastic jug. Yes. Yeah. No, I always bring milk. I mean, I guess
1: I don't really drink milk, so.
0: Yeah, I'm a milk drinker. You know, there's like this whole thing about adults that drink milk and like how it's like, you know, like you shouldn't do that. You're a grown up. That's disgusting like a whole so oh, of think people that think it's like really gross when like grown i think
1: it's gross in a completely different way i think it's gross not because you're an adult and you're drinking milk but just like because of what milk is it's just gross like if it's not hard and moldy i don't want it <laughs> <laughs> so you
0: like things made with milk but oh, cheese is fine like, yeah
1: i mean like like we talked earlier about cheese mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure i'm 45 percent cheese
0: yeah i mean cheese is good but i also think milk is good yeah i'm I, I don't, not ashamed it's i'm not ashamed to admit that be. i drink milk but that's okay whatever <laughs> i feel no shame over it now this is the weird part richard's watch and wallet were on the ground and belinda's purse was in plain sight on the table both the wallet and the purse had money and credit cards in them. So again, it's like here's all their valuables, but nothing's actually been taken. Yeah. Everything is I mean, just it's it's, it's, it's yeah. just like it's they weird. just vanished into thin air. They're one second they're getting, you know, breakfast ready and doing this and that and have all their possessions out and then the next second they're just gone. Well, Belinda's mom waited around for about an hour and then just decided this is just too weird. And she went and, uh, you know, got help, contacted the police.
1: Who were probably supremely helpful right off the bat. <laughs> and didn't well, say anything about it being 48 hours or any of that bullshit. You
0: know, they, they did. See, it did seem like they came pretty quickly. Um, and Lieutenant Mark Kazar, who was, you know, kind of headed up the, the case, he he said at first, like, you know, it maybe searching for them was delayed by about a day because nothing really seemed amiss.
1: Um, I mean, except it just being a strange fucking scene. Yeah. But also, like, I wonder how strange of a scene that was. Because nowadays, when, like, like when I go camping at these campsites, like... We leave, like, our stuff out, you know, like the, the camp stoves and that sort of thing. But, like, we're not leaving, like, Sarah doesn't keep her purse on the table. And I don't have my fucking wallet on the ground. There's right. not just, like, shit laid out. I mean, shit's mainly packed up when we leave. Right. If we're going to be gone for any sort of length of time. Mm-hmm. Certainly not with this shit. But maybe maybe it was, a di- I mean, it was a different time. It was, like, what, fucking 40 years ago? Yeah. So maybe it was less dangerous to leave that shit out. But then again, I mean, who knows?
0: Well, one of the state troopers that uh, was one of the first on the, str- on the scene, Officer Erickson, he got a, a weird vibe right away. He said, quote, that camp was spooky. Even the milk was still on the table, end quote. So it was just eerily quiet. Right. Like, there was no indications that anything violent had occurred, but... It was just, it was just weird. Just everything's out, but nothing. Nobody's home. Nobody's home. Eerily quiet. Well, the following morning, the, the Basset Hound, Droopy, was found. He came scratching at that general store, at the Copper General Store, where they had bought the milk the previous day. But no sign of any of the family. The search was ended up being one of the largest in Oregon history. It was state and local police, uh, Forest Service, Oregon National Guard, and then lots and lots of volunteers. Um, they searched for miles and miles. They used helicopters. Uh, they even had uh, used, like, the infrared imaging and couldn't find anything. Nothing at all. Just nothing at all. Um, there was a lot of theories that had come up. One was that maybe they had, since the swimsuits were missing, maybe they had gone swimming and drowned. But the place where they would have been swimming was just a little bit, a little creek, which was thoroughly searched and no bodies <laughs> yeah. were found. So it wasn't like they were, like, next like Crater Lake or something. So like where, an ocean. Yeah, where it was like, okay, maybe they could have all drowned and we might never find the bodies. Uh, another theory was like, maybe they disappeared willingly, but there didn't seem to be any reason for that. They weren't in debt. Um, you know, by all accounts, their life was just, you know, normal and, and happy.
1: Yeah, yeah, no reason to disappear.
0: And then, obviously, if something violent had happened to them, clearly uh, robbery was not the motive because all, all their, of their shit was still yeah, there, their cash of, and credit cards. Yeah, they had cash and credit cards, both of them, and everything was left behind. Um,. 200 citizens uh, wrote to the uh, senator at the time, Mark Hatfield, requesting that the FBI begin to look into the case, but they did not because there was no evidence that the Cowden's had been kidnapped or taken across state lines. Right. (laughs) Um, At the time, there was... A total of eight reported missing women in Washington and Oregon, and uh, law enforcement intended to seek a connection between these disappearances and that of the Cowdens, Um, but they couldn't really, you know, find any striking similarities. They
1: couldn't nail anything down.
0: Now, interesting side note, the... Disappearances of those women would later be um linked to Ted Bundy, oh no shit <laughs> yes, yes because it's it's the time of the serial killer
1: yeah, yeah, it was uh you know it was still the analog days you could get away with murder mm-hmm M- murders
0: well s- despite all the efforts. Nothing was turned up for months and months. Um, During the investigation, all sorts of leads came out of the woodwork, including sightings of the family uh, in San Francisco and Seattle. None of those panned out. And then, of course, um, you know, psychics called saying that, you know, (laughs) they knew where they were or people called saying that they knew they dreamt the location where they were at. But nothing panned out. Then on April 12, 1975, so seven months later, uh, two gold prospectors were hiking through the woods and they discovered the decomposing body of an adult male tied to a tree on a steep hillside around seven miles from the location of where the Cowdens had been camping. Uh, authorities were notified, and then uh, at that point, they discovered the other three bodies in a nearby cave. And the entrance of the cave had been sealed with rocks to like, disguise it and to hide the bodies from view. Um, positive identification was made uh, via dental records. What the autopsy showed was that Belinda and David had died as a result of a twenty-two caliber gunshot wounds, and that Melissa, the five-month-old baby, had died from severe head trauma. Um, if I had to take a guess, I would say that it would be the old—I uh, mean, it's awful—but you know, you grab the baby by the feet and just—oh,
1: yeah—swing
0: him and smash him against.
1: The way chimps do to rival chimp gangs or whatever. Yes, yes.
0: Because, yep. I mean, if you're going to like bash a baby's head in, that's the easiest way to do it. I
1: mean, it's the quickest.
0: Mm-hmm. So I- I'm guessing that's probably how that was done. It didn't It didn't specify any. Right, but, right. you know, like, the second night it was severe head trauma, I'm like, yeah. Like, I'm-
1: oh, I see.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. That's... That's probably what happened. Now, they weren't able to determine how Richard Cowden died. They assumed that he had been shot, but, you know, he was basically just bones at that point. The gold prospectors um, had found a skull initially, like, separate from the body. So, obviously it decomposed to the point where, like, his head just, She's like, just fell off.
1: Rolling around. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: So, they weren't able to, I guess, through the bones, see any evidence of a gunshot wound. But they were kind of just assuming that that's what his happened. His head fell off. That's
1: how <laughs> that happened. Decapitation. Shit so, lethal every time.
0: Yeah. Um... There was some speculation that maybe Richard had killed his family and then killed himself. But then, I mean, they didn't find any weapon near him. And also, I'm like, well, how would he have tied himself to the tree, too? That is a little.
1: Yeah, it's, it's real hard to uh, kill yourself and then hide the evidence.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, As it turns that, out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> As it turns out, that's not so easy. No gun or weapon was ever found, All they did, although they determined that the um, gun was... I think maybe they found some casings and were able to determine that it was a twenty-two caliber, caliber um, Marlin rifle. It's a nice gun, Marlins. Is
1: that the same kind of gun that they used... In the uh, Amityville murders, isn't that? I what think so. George had was a Marlin. I think so. I'm, I think so too.
0: Yeah, Marlins are nice. They're they're nice rifles.
1: Yeah, I'm almost positive that's the case because mm-hmm. you know I don't know much about guns, but I know that name.
0: Yeah, I just know like uh, the Mar Marlins what uh, the guy has in uh, Wind River jeremy renner have you seen that movie
1: i have not oh it's
0: so good you ought to watch it really good but yeah he out he like you know hunts like you know mountain lions and stuff like that and he's got this like sick ass marlin that he like takes around all over the place and it's fucking awesome and i'm always like envious of that gun
1: nice It's
0: it's a nice weapon nice piece of weaponry there Lieutenant Mark Kazar said that the whole, quote, that the whole nature of the thing smacks of a weirdo, end quote. Referring to, like, you know, whoever did the crime. Yeah, yeah. Um, He also went on to say, quote... You have to remember, it was summer, and there were all sorts of people in that area, so-called hippie types, a motorcycle Ugh. group, and so on, end quote. Hippie types,
1: a motorcycle group? Uh-huh. There were, there were motorcycle and cannabis enthusiasts there.
0: Yes. Uh, uh, definitely known for their tendencies to, like, annihilate whole families. Oh, yeah. Those fucking hippie types, especially. You gotta watch out for them. Yeah.
1: You got to be real careful of hippies. They are a violent, violent bunch.
0: Mm-hmm. Another thing that was a little bit unusual was that Richard's father ended up taking his own life a few months after the bodies were discovered, but he was cleared of any wrongdoing. So. I guess maybe at first, like, people kind of speculated that maybe he did it because he had a guilty conscience. Right. But I would say this is probably, like, this poor man who lost his son and his grandchildren. Like, um, It's
1: not beyond the realms of possibility that he was depressed at the loss of his fucking family and he killed himself.
0: Yes. I yes. mean, I can
1: think of... Suicide's never really the answer, but I can think of people having killed themselves for things that were far more frivolous than... Right. Like the, entirety, the entire loss of the younger generations of your family—that's yeah. fucking horrific. Like, it you is. know, a parent should never outlive their children, but you're goddamn certain a grandparent should never outlive their grandchildren. I That's know. just fucking horrendous.
0: And then you find out—I mean, they were just—it wasn't like even losing them all in some like horrible freak accident. Like no. some fucker murdered them. That would just be awful. I mean, to 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 have to sit and think about like what they suffered right. before they died. I yeah. I mean, I can I can see why that would be a thing that someone could not live with.
1: Yeah, I can. I hundred Yeah, I can definitely see that as a uh, reason for suicide.
0: Yeah. Well, once they. Figured that Richard had not killed his family and killed himself and then managed you know before doing that two time self to a tree and uh you know kill himself and, and after hide the fa- and hide the the murder weapon and they cleared uh the father Richard's father of any uh wrongdoing or involvement in the murders. They didn't have a lot to go on, but somehow. On their radar, they became aware of a parolee who was in the area at the time of the murders who definitely looks like he he could have been the guy to do it. His name, Dwayne Lee Little. That is such a fucking serial killer name.
1: Dwayne Lee Little, or a an assassin. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think anytime somebody has like the middle name Lee, um, that's always like a sign of a, a serial killer.
1: Well, even what about though David, that happens
0: to be my what, middle name too.
1: <laughs> what about David Lee Roth? He's not a serial killer.
0: No. But I feel like. They're... And he
1: goes by, he's, he's got his name's a three thing David Lee Roth.
0: Mm hmm. But so, I think oftentimes... What do like, you have
1: against David Lee Roth is what I'm asking.
0: I don't have anything against David Lee Roth. I, I just said, like, I'm Lee is my middle personally. name, okay? But, you know, I don't know. I just feel like anytime it's, like, something Lee, something, it's a lot of time. Well, hey, I mean, Charles you Lee are... Ray,
1: okay? The serial killer from Child's Play? Yeah, you're, you're, well, you're a serial killer, so, I mean yeah
0: well nobody knows that yet
1: they didn't (laughs) no that's cool i'll edit it out (laughs)
0: yeah thanks yeah make sure make sure to edit that part out yeah i I I certainly will to being a serial killer
1: yes yes
0: (laughs) well regardless of our differing views on what middle names with lee uh you know say about a person yeah Dwayne Lee Little was born in December 1948, so he is Generation Serial Killer.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: And he had been paroled from the Oregon State Penitentiary in Salem just three months prior to the uh, murder of the Cowdens. He was... Paroled for a charge that went back to uh, November second, nineteen sixty four, when he was sixteen years old, he had raped and murdered a teenager named Orla Fay Phipps. Orla, Fay,
1: Fay, Phipps. That's a rough name to say.
0: It is. And she was only 15 at the time and he was 16 and he raped and murdered her and he was sentenced to life in prison, but it was life with the possibility of parole. And yeah, and he got out after 10 years. He was just uh, free to roam the streets again. And so now he's 25 and he was definitely in that, you know, very, you know, kind of small area of Oregon. Um he had been there over Labor Day weekend uh, huh. in the Copper, Oregon area, which now actually doesn't exist because they, like, flooded that, like, city to make, like, no a shit. new city. Yeah, like, Applegate or something it's called. Interesting. Yeah. So that whole, like, town, like, doesn't even, like, exist anymore. But at the time it did, and he was there. And he was there, apparently, with his parents, Um, a wit, uh, some campers from los angeles had seen uh two men and a woman in a pickup truck which matched uh the truck that was owned by his family and he they had seen them parked somewhere and gotten an uneasy feeling and just kind of moved along because it seemed like the people in the truck were like waiting for them to like leave like i don't know they were just out like looking around And they just got this weird feeling from these three people in the truck and uh, moved along. But they reported that to the police. Yeah, they just fucked right off and ended up reporting it to the police when the Cowden family went missing. Um, So, yeah, the guy was definitely in the area. Uh, He, you know, raped and already raped and murdered a girl at 16. And... They were never actually able to tie him to the crime. There's no physical evidence that that tied him to the Cowdens' murder. However, just a few years later, on June 2nd, 1980, he picked up a pregnant uh, 23-year-old named Margie Hunter. Her car had broken down near Portland, and he picked her up off the side of the road. He sexually assaulted her and beat her, but fortunately she and her unborn child survived. Jesus. But at that point the police were done fucking around with this guy and yeah. he was given three life sentences. And yeah, and so he is in jail and as far as I know, alive to this day and in yeah, the penitentiary sucks, but... in in Oregon. So he has refused all types of treatment. And um, has never admitted to the murders. One other thing is that he was known to have a twenty-two caliber caliber rifle. He actually got in a little bit of trouble because his <laughs> girlfriend, just a few months after the murders occurred, his girlfriend had reported to the police that he had a rifle, which he was not supposed to do no,
1: as a parolee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and so then they put him back in prison for a couple of years on a parole violation. And then he went back out of prison and then assaulted this uh, this 23-year-old woman and then ended up back in prison. But to this day, he has never uh, admitted to the killing of the Cowden family. Um, apparently, he still does, you know submits a lot of like court documents like hoping that he can still get his like sentence like overturned or lessened or he's still trying to
1: get his yeah he's still trying to get out
0: so i don't think he's uh you know which hopefully he never does i mean hopefully nobody ever i mean
1: at this point he's probably too old to do much damage to anybody
0: well who knows who knows when it comes to people like him i feel like probably it's the first thing he'd
1: do try yeah
0: yeah I mean, he certainly didn't wait long. He had three months out on parole from, you know, the first uh, rape and murder.
1: Yeah, but he was a strapping lad at 25 then. I mean, now he's, what, in his 60s, 70s? Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's gonna fall down and break a fucking hip.
0: Yeah, but, I don't know, probably somebody like him, and he's never gonna lose the taste for it. Fair enough. That's for sure. And, uh, yeah. Um... Yeah, so, I mean, he's the most likely suspect. I mean, the thing that's a little off, and it may not be, is that, I mean, you really got to be pretty ballsy to attack a whole family. I mean, one would assume since, I mean, nothing was taken, so obviously robbery was not the motive, and probably what he did was, you know, surprise them while they were swimming, drove them to that area... Tied up the husband, and then I would assume the point of taking the whole family was simply so that probably could uh, rape Belinda. She was a very attractive young woman. Um, you know, kill her, and then like you know, they had to kill everyone else just to you know get rid of them and to to hide the crime. Um, it's but yeah. I mean, that's really ballsy to attack an entire family just so yeah. you can get to like one victim. Although, I mean, BTK did it. I think maybe even his first um, target was little uh, the the Ortega girl who was like eleven at the time. But he killed the whole family, like yeah, the father. Yeah. I mean, the father, the mother, the little brother, all just to get to her. So, and then. Uh, at other times, focused on just singular women, so I mean, I guess it's not completely out of the realm of possibility that his first victim was just you know the one teenage girl and then but then he just graduates to uh getting an entire family. I don't know
1: who fucking knows it's
0: it's pretty crazy, and I mean when you think about the area and the time it was i mean the Pacific Northwest in the eighties is like uh, serial killer central
1: oh yeah, I mean there was. You could hide bodies everywhere. There was tons of natural places. It was easy.
0: It was so easy. I mean, like I said, there's like, you know, at the time there's like eight other women that have been gone missing in the uh, Oregon and Washington area. And they're like, gosh, is this the same thing? Oh, no, that was like a different serial killer.
1: Yeah, That was, uh, you know,
0: Ted Bundy off doing uh, his fucking thing out there. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I... I mean this guy was known to be right there so I don't know how likely it would be that another person capable of doing that there was just, like another, that, <laughs> there was just yeah. like another guy right in that tiny little town in Oregon uh, so I would say probably very likely but man that, that that's, pretty, that's pretty bold and I mean his parents are around too and he just like goes out and takes out this whole family but um, but yeah I mean I, I guess it like you gotta First and foremost, he had to um, subdue the husband and probably put the gun to, like, you know, the wife or the kid's head. You make them think it's going to be just, like, a robbery-type situation, you know, get them to comply. I mean, you don't automatically start off with, yeah, I'm going to kill all of you and, like, rape your wife because, like No, 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 because you 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 have
1: to escalate.
0: Right, right. So you got to give them an out. Lose. You got to let them think. Yeah, there's nothing left to lose, so obviously. Yeah, they, you got to let them
1: think that they, yeah, definitely. Mm,
0: you got to let them think that if they just comply and do what they're told that they're going to be let go. You're going to they're going to get what, you know, they want out of it and then let you go. So I'm guessing that was probably the case and then once he had once he had the husband tied to a tree and took care of him then
1: then that was it.
0: Yeah, don't have to, you know
1: we Well that's pretty much have an idea
0: of what happened from there and that's yeah. awful and
1: well, that was a that was a grand story. Yeah.
0: Joanna. Yeah. <laughs> Take care while always... you're camping out there. We can <laughs> always <laughs> leave it to you. <laughs> yeah. Well it's 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 an awful, awful thing and Yeah, oh, definitely. Um yeah. Just just always uh just always be aware and um uh, I don't know. I don't even know what I would say to anyone. Not you know. I mean, just fuck. Hopefully, some fucking sick ass motherfucker just doesn't come crossing your path when you're out trying to camp and have a good time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or I mean, you know, you just have never a know it. what
0: people's <laughs> intentions are, and uh, that's the unfortunate thing is that we can't ever see. What it is, is it really something where they just want something from you, and once the, and if you just comply and, and give them what they want, they're going to go away, or is it something far more sinister?
1: Like... Well, you know, you hear over and over again about talking to about, you know, with, with interviews with people who are out in the, in the wilderness that, uh, you know, they usually carry a sidearm with them. Mm-hmm. It's not usually for animals because, you know, just a pistol isn't going to take care of very many animals are going to get you. Right. It's for people because people are the most dangerous animal out there, really.
0: Yeah. In the woods or otherwise, people are the most dangerous animal out there.
1: That's the truth. Well, I think that's all we have for you this time. So, uh, you know, we like to leave you out on a real up note. You can take a look (laughs) at our Patreon, patreon.com slash Stranger Than Podcast, where... You can for one, two, or five dollars get a variety of things. Uh for one dollar a crisp pie five. Uh, we're not gonna send it, to you but if you see us, you can expect a crisp pie five. Uh for two dollars you get the regular two episodes a month ad-free. And for five dollars in addition to the ad-free episodes, you also get Joanna telling you similarly horrendous stories as she just told us, but only that.
0: That's um, right.
1: You can take a look at our our social medias, either Stranger Than or Stranger Than Podcast, wherever you might find us. Um, You can take a look at the podcast syndicate we are a part of, Age of Radio. You can find them at ageofradio.org. Our particular page there is ageofradio.org slash Stranger Than, where you can stream our podcasts. And with that, we will talk to you next time.
0: And stay strange.